So this morning, with the presence of God being so evident in our midst, obviously our meeting took a different turn, which is what we want. We want Him to lead the meeting. And this morning, but what we are going to do is we're not going to bring the word I said I was going to bring. As I'm worshiping, the Lord gave me a picture, a vision of something to give to you this morning. And so I thought, well, Lord, you're going to have to help me. So we're going to change the message this morning. And it's for all of you. Maybe someone in particular really needs it this morning. But I think we always all need the word of God. Will you turn with me to the book of Ezekiel chapter 47? And we're just simply going to speak on rivers of living water. Rivers of living water. Ezekiel chapter 47, beginning to read at verse 1. Afterward, he brought me again onto the door of the house, and behold, the waters issued out from under the threshold of the house eastward, for the forefront of the house <clears throat> stood toward the east, and the waters came down from under the right side of the house and the south side of the altar. Then brought he me out of the way of the gate northward and led me about the way without unto the other gate by the way that looketh eastward. And behold, there ran out waters on the right side. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward, he measured a thousand cubits and he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Again, he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters and the waters were to the knees. And again, he measured a thousand and brought me through and the waters were to the loins. Afterward, he measured a thousand, and it was a river that I could not pass over, for the waters were risen, waters to swim in, a river that could not be passed over. Let's pray. Father, we just love it, Lord, when you direct our hearts. And we love it, Lord, that when you come and move so freely in our midst. And we just love it, Lord, when we know that you are even challenging men and women. And we just love it, Lord, when you are glorified in our midst. And we love to see you, Lord Jesus, lifted up and exalted. And we love to see you glorified, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, that you again have turned your face toward us. And, oh God, that you have come to speak to us and to lead us and to guide us, to bless us, to help us, even to heal us, Lord, whatever way you deem fit today to move upon us. And we pray, Lord, for the next few moments that are allotted to this meeting that you would have us do or hear or say. We pray in your mighty name, Lord Jesus, that Lord, you would take your own inspired, infallible word. Oh God, that you would inscribe it upon every mind. That you would imprint it deep within our very beings this morning. That our souls would rejoice at the goodness of our God. Lord, Lord that you would show us the rivers of living water this morning. And oh God, may you flow toward us and carry us away in the current of the Holy Ghost. Oh, Lord, that our feet will not touch the bottom. That, oh, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Father, we're tired of religion. 
we're tired of ritual. Even in this place, Lord, we can become ritualized. But we're tired of it, Lord, and we thank you this morning you've come again to break it, Lord. And, oh, God, you've come to speak in life and power this morning into this church. Oh, may rivers of living water flow within our hearts and may rivers of living water flow without the doors as we leave this place this morning, blessed and built up in our most holy faith. And, oh, God, may we leave this place this morning in the power of the Spirit as Jesus did when he came out of the wilderness into the power of the Holy Ghost to reach the lives of the lost and those who are hurting. So bless thy word unto our hearts this morning and glorify thy holy name. Jesus, we worship you. We worship you. And there is none like thee nor beside thee. For your glory we pray and ask it. Amen. There is a vision of Ezekiel and he sees rivers coming out from, it is actually pictured as Jerusalem and the temple here. It comes right out and starts to flow without. And really in this day and age, it should be the same and you and I are the temple of the Holy Ghost who dwells in you. You and I are the living stones in the temple of God. We are the a building fitly framed together in whom Christ lives, in whom the Spirit lives. And sometimes the Spirit of God is either the doors of the temple are shut that he cannot come in, or sometimes the door of the temple, who, are, who you are, as it were, in your own self, you're a living stone, a lively stone, but you're also the temple of the Holy Spirit, are shut that he can't get out. And really it's we are in him and he is in us and we are one together in him. But sometimes he's so shut in or shut out that he focuses all the time upon you wanting to do more. He wants to do more in your life. He wants to do more in your heart. He wants to do more. And sometimes when he, he wants to do more, it may be a challenge. He may say to you, I will challenge you to lay that thing down which you love. He challenged old father Abraham. He says, Abraham, take thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest. And go to Mount Moriah and offer him there for a burnt sacrifice unto me. Listen, Abraham was challenged by the God who loved him. Abraham was challenged by the God who was to bless him, the God who gave him promise, the God who made covenant with him. Abraham was challenged, and sometimes we hear in Christian circles, there's no challenge. No challenge from the pulpit or the preacher, no challenge in our lives because we, we become dulled to what the Spirit wants to do in our life. Our minds become dull. Tradition dulls us. What man, the little religious box that some ministers have placed him into on their shelf who like to take him out and look at him during a hymn on a Sunday morning and place him back in again. You see, he is the rivers of living water. He cannot contain him in a box. 
You cannot contain him in religious dogma. He is like this river of living water who flows and flows greatly. The Spirit of God, he increases power. He increases experience. He increases depth to the believer. He increases it. But then he says, come and test the waters. Come and try. Taste and see. Jesus is the one who can be tested in every direction. He said in the risen Christ in the day when the, the, the disciples were hidden for fear of the Jews in that room and he appears, the risen Christ, before them and he says, handle me and see. Go ahead, I can be tested. And the Spirit of God says Jesus can be tested. He can be tested. He can be trusted. But you'll be tried. How far, brother? How far, sister? How far, preacher? How far, Ken? How far do you want to go with him? I have come to detest. Religious ceremony. I detest it. Because once we add ceremony, we disarray and all the Holy Ghost. We put him in the Sunday box. And this is where he is until we come back next week. Or maybe we bring him with us and put him in our bedroom and open him up till we have a little time of prayer and close him up again. You see, he is the river of living water. He is everywhere at once. He is the omniscient, omnipotent, and the omnipresent God. We cannot, he says, where is the temple that you will build for me? You see, in the Old Testament, the idea was get God's presence on the earth because he says he'll meet us there. So they build the tabernacle, then they build the temple that the living God may come down and meet them there. And nowhere in the universe was there anywhere else that God would meet them. So they build a temple for God, but in the new covenant, God builds a temple out of us. It's the difference in it. And when the Holy Ghost blew in on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, the Judaism and the ritual, it all blew out. The ceremony blew out. The Holy Ghost blew in and all these things blew out. And he says, it's not this temple in Jerusalem, but rather now, he says, ye are the temple of the Holy Ghost. You're my living place. You're my dwelling house, he says, and from you I will flow. I will flow. Oh, brothers and sisters, let him flow from you. Whether it's your workplace, your home life, when you're praying for someone, how do I let him flow? Just do as you're told in obedience to him, and he does the rest. Just do it. Here, Notice the waters here. Notice what it says 
in verse 3. And when the man that had the line in his hand went forth eastward and measured a thousand cubits, he brought me through the waters. The waters were to the ankles. Notice, he didn't say he brought me to the waters. He says he brought me through the waters. This is the waters of the river of life that flows from the temple of God. This is the Holy Ghost who flows from his heavenly temple through his earthly temple, which is you and I, brother, sisters. And he doesn't bring us to the waters, as it were. Yes, we come and we drink, but he brings us through the waters. And some of us are ankle-deep Christians. I'm not saying that to offend. But there's many, 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 many ankle-deep Christians and you can walk through your feet well planted in the waters. There's the trickle that runs through your ankles and you're paddling a little. There's no push of the current because you're in control. There's no abandonment to self onto the river because you're in control. Your feet are on solid ground, as it were, terra firma in the riverbed. And the water will just flow over the top of your feet. And you see, you can be brought through, but you always can bring yourself out when you desire so or wish or will. So he's brought to the ankles. Notice what it says here in verse 4. And again he measured a thousand and brought me through the waters. And the waters were to the knees. So now it's getting deeper. He's experiencing more of the Spirit. The Spirit is over his ankles. Now the Spirit's up to the knees. Nowadays, it's hard to go paddling with your jeans on because a lot of the young ones wear those jeans they can't roll up. But you know, I don't wear those jeans. I would look stupid in a pair of jeans like those. I'm too old for a pair of jeans like those. But my jeans, even when I roll them up, sometimes I want to go paddle up to the knees. But you know, brothers and sisters, see, every time I love to swim and every time I get into the sea and I get used to the cold, I think, you know what, I just love this one. But what hinders me is that which I am wearing. The garb, the dress, what is it that we're wearing? And you see, here he is brought to the knees. He's wearing a skirt. I thought that was woman's attire. That's for another service. And he hoists it up and he's walking in with it over his arms and here he's got his, all his garments tied around his loins so he doesn't trip and as he walks in he's brought right into it and there he's up to the knees, he's a little deeper. And there's Christians who have went a little deeper. It's not the, the, the wash over the, the ankles anymore where we pull the box out and even have a look at it a bit more. Here now it's, I think I'll carry this box around with me and every now and again I'll go, Yep, still there. He's still there. God's still there. Yep, Holy Ghost still there. Yep, okay, that's enough. And really it's his guard, but really at this point maybe stopping him. Sometimes what we wear, the religious clothes we wear, the religious dogma and doctrine we wear, brings us to the knees. It allows us to go a little bit further than maybe Someone's more exclusive. And it stops us at the knees, and you know, that's fine. You're there, you're with them, the Holy Spirit's there, that's fine. But then he says, why stop there? Is that all you want of me? 
Have you had enough of me? You see, brothers and sisters, when I get saved, I just can just go by me. And when I get saved, everything didn't matter anymore. That which bound me. There's a brother said, he prayed this morning about being set free and, and liberated. And, and all the things that bound me, from addictions that bound me, unbelief that bound me, I wasn't even coming from a, an ankle-deep experience of Christian living. I was coming from out in the desert where there was no spirit, no churchianity, or no, no, no nothing. And I was wearing the clothes of, is there even a God? But the night that I met Christ and he changed my life and he delivered me like he did you, brother, and he delivered me from my addictions and from my sin. And for the night I walked out that door where I got saved, I knew there was a God in heaven and I had to know more. And I've never stopped since. So, Lord, I still need more. I need more. And I've been ankle deep. And I've been up to the knees. And even when we're trying to minister things, my garb that I would throw on me sometimes, maybe I feel it's too cold to go swimming. I don't feel like going swimming, but I get my treasures up to my knees and I'm in the, in the water there. And after a while, I start swimming. What garb are we wearing that's going to stop us swimming in the river of life? What is it that's in us and in us and our thoughts and our ways that stops us swimming in the river of life? I remember when I baptized Glenn, Beatty, and Leon, Hazlip, and their daughters, and Daniel was there. And it was about, was it no? October time? It's tomorrow, a year tomorrow. So September time, near October. And Leanne, she's not here, she's been through surgery and her family's not here, but she, she, she asked me would I baptize her, and she says, of course we will. And then she says, would you baptize me in the sea? And I went, do you know what's September, near October? <laughs> she says, yes, I says, yes, we will. So when we get down to Murloc Bay, and Kevin was there, wherever you are, you are, Kevin got the pokes and put them in, he made a nice big cubicle in the sand, but sheets around it for them to go in and get changed. There was like a change room in the middle of the beach. And remember when we walked in and they got changed, and we, they all walked out, but I was just, I think they looked at me a bit strange, because I had a, a shirt on rolled up to the sleeves, and just my jeans rolled up to my knees. You must have thought I was going to tiptoe out and do this or something. Now, if I had a one says, well, I can't go any further because of this. The shirt's up to here and rolled up to here. Look, folks, I always wear long sleeve shirts because, just being honest with you, I'm tattooed all over here and I don't like them. When I was 14, I got them done in Tiger's Bay in somebody's house. He was practicing in pigskin. I said, have a go. <laughs> That's why I, I don't like them. I, I roll my sleeves up or what, but I never really wear short sleeves. So I had my jeans rolled up and my shirt up to here. And if I went out and says, okay, Glenn, here we go. I'm just going out this far. And I'm going to dunk you here. You might not have got under, Glenn. 
You're going to make a joke, aren't you? I know you're going to say. You might not have got under. So you know what he did? Daniel done the same. He just kept walking out and says, we're not worried about this garb. And we kept walking out to see until it was up there. We asked jeans and all, shirt and all. And we dunked the whole lot of them. We baptized every one of them. And they were all going back to get changed. And we ended up that we went, that because we were coming out of the water and it was freezing cold, we got used to the freezing icy cold sea. And because we had used it, when we came out and the wind blew, it was even colder. So we went for a swim in our clothes. <laughs> Shirt and all, you know, just swimming away. For about 40 minutes, we went for a swim. We're here now, we might as well make the most of it. We had to forget what we were wearing or we'd never have done it. We had to forget that which we thought might have been sufficient and realized it wasn't, but go anyway. Go do it. Brothers and sisters, sometimes we come from, all come from different backgrounds, but sometimes we, we realize there must be more, but I'm not sure. And the Holy Spirit says, let me show you. Let me bring you. And some are up to the knees. And here's the last one. Verse 4 says, And again he measured a thousand, brought me through the waters. Notice, through the waters. His feet are still in the ground. It's okay. I don't mind going to church and having a, you know, you see, see Pentecost. Clapping hands is not Pentecostal. Raising hands is not Pentecostal. That's an expression of praise and worship. And that's fine. We do that. But that's Pentecost. Pentecost is the outpouring and the infilling of the Holy Ghost. That's Pentecost. People say I'm Pentecost, and the problem is now people have substituted the Holy Ghost and his moving power for lights, for smoke machine, for entertainment. This is the Holy Ghost. No, it's not. No, it isn't. The Holy Ghost is he who is almighty God come into our midst. Again, he measured a thousand, verse four, the end of the verse, and brought me through the waters. The waters were to the loins. We're going deeper. We are steep. Look at me, I'm very great now. Look, before I went in, how much more of you needs plunged? How much more of the Spirit can fill you? How much more is there off you that you have to give to Him? Because here now you're at the you're at the very waist, and you're going, look at this sword. I'm doing well. Yeah, if you're getting there, getting there is far better. At least you're not ankle deep or knee deep. You're now up to the waist, and you're saying, Lord, I'm here. I don't care what I've come with. I don't care what uh, clothes I've been wearing. I'm wearing the righteousness of Christ. I can do these things. I can, I can enter in. <coughs> Maybe you're at the loins today. You know what? You're at the ankles. You go, I like this, but I'm not sure. And then you get to the knees. And you go, yeah, that's, that bit's okay, but this other bit's not bad. And then you get up to the loins. You go, yeah, but this moving of the Spirit in that way, I'm not too sure about it. And, Format, can you usually get up and have a time of praise and then we go around the table and, and then all the usual scriptures are read and then we come and have a time of, of, of around the word and then we finish in a song. Yeah. 
That's because sometimes our feet are still on the bottom, angle, knee, and waist deep. And at any time we can shut it up and turn around and maybe a bit more difficult getting through the water when it's up to the loins or to the waist. Maybe a bit more water resistance trying to make the shore. But you're still in charge. That means we're still in control. Now look at this last verse. Verse 5. Afterwards. He measured a thousand, it was a river that I could not pass over. Notice it's through angles, through at the knees, through at the loins. Notice, and it's getting a little bit more difficult for me where I have to abandon myself. I can feel the push of the current. But now he says, he brought me to waters and it was out of my hands. My control was abandoned. I could not pass over, for the waters were risen. Notice, waters to swim in. A river that could not be passed over. Do you know what he's saying? He says, when you go into these waters, there's so much of it. It's so deep. It's so vast. Your feet are off the bottom. And the current flows. And you've totally abandoned your self-control to what the current wants to do and where the current wants to take you. Now, abandonment to Christ. Abandonment to his spirit is this. When you and I abandon all that we have, even with our garb that we have, and say, Lord, Hanging into this water, what if I drowned? He says, no, no. When now he passes through the waters, they will not overflow thee. He keeps you afloat. And he takes you in his current. And you'll find our brothers and sisters that you'll be like, not my will, but thine be done. Rivers of living water here. Rivers of living water for you. Whatever stage you're at, and that's not a condemnation, by the way. I'm just trying to help you. I told you I wasn't even in any rivers of living water. I was in a desert, dry. There was no water. I was dying. I substituted the river of living water with uh, soulish desires of alcohol and so on. But when I came into the rivers of living water and I was at the angles, I needed to know more. I liked it. I came into the knees. I realized, oh, there's, I can feel something. This is a reality push here, the current. I came into the, up to the, the loins and the waist, and I started to feel the moving of what was going on here. This is, this is different for me until suddenly, and I'm still working on it. Still not completely there. Go swimming and he carries me. And then I land back on shore when he's ready to drop me off. And in it all, brothers and sisters, and as I say this, I'll finish. When you abandon yourself to the Spirit, 
And you may feel out of control of things. I'm not talking about having to roll around floors and bark like dogs and quack like ducks and all this. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about all that. I'm talking about abandoning everything that holds you back for him to move. You know what you'll find? He always brings you back to shore. And once you get there, you're going to wish you were back out there. You were back out there. The Lord gave me that word this morning. Well, he just gave me the opening titles and I thought, I'm just going to open this. I'm going to give it to your people. And may God bless his word to our hearts this morning. For Jesus' sake. Amen.